Our world is experiencing all types of challenges, and these transitions create volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity, also called VUCA, for many nonprofit organizations. Welcome to the Empowerment Zone with Ramona Houston, where we zone in on black and brown relations and our journey to empowering our communities. Well, today I am talking to Dr. Caroline Opende, founder and CEO of the NGO Whisperer Center for Social Impact. The organization has a global reach and is empowering nonprofit organizations around the world so that they may continue to operate, prosper, and advance social impact despite current global challenges. Dr. Opende also tells us about their upcoming event, the Future of NGOs Global Summit, which will be held virtually December 8th and 9th, 2022. And she encourages our listeners to attend this virtual global summit. Enjoy our conversation and see show notes for more information about Dr. Opende and the NGO Whisperer Center for Social Impact. So today we are talking to the founder and CEO of the NGO Whisperer Center for Social Impact, Dr. Caroline Opende. Welcome to the Empowerment Zone, uh, Dr. Opende. Thank you so much, Dr. Houston. It's really an honor to be here today. Well, I would like to share with you uh, that you are one of three people who I have interviewed three times on the Empowerment Zone, and it's always such an honor to have you, my sister being one. Uh, Dr. Risa Houston, uh, Mr. Alfred Ramirez, who is a very good friend of mine, and you. Y'all have the record for the most <laughs> episodes on the Empowerment Zone, three each. It is really a great honor. I feel so honored to be here. This is being, this being the third time. <laughs> Just so honored. Well, thank you so much for joining uh, me today. I'm really excited about sharing with our audience your uh, event that is coming up, the Future of NGOs Summit, which will be December 8th and 9th uh, this year. And it, I really, it's a virtual event and I'm really expecting it to make a big impact as the NGO Whisperer has always been on a mission to do. And so uh, I'm, I'm excited about the summit and I'm sure my audience uh, will be interested in participating as well. So before we get to the specifics and all the great um, offerings you're going to have at the sum summit, uh, why don't you share with us a little bit more about the NGO Whisperer Center for Social Impact and the work that you all are doing? Thank you so much, Dr. Houston. Once again, our viewers, the NGO Whisperer Center for Social Impact is an organization, really a business that is based in the United Kingdom and works globally. And we serve uh, the nonprofit sector, social entrepreneurs. We work with governments and funding agencies 
all with the aim of driving social innovation, investment and impact, and to promote sustainable development goals and the achievement of it by 2030. So we contribute to all sustainable development goals, but specifically we look at partnership because that's what we do. We partner with NGOs, non-governmental organizations, social enterprises, governments and funding agencies to do the work that we do. So tell us, uh, you know, here at the Empowerment Zone, we're all about empowerment and impact. So tell us how the NGO Whisper Center for Social Impact is making that impact and empowering communities. Great question. Um, as I mentioned, we work with different entities, specifically with nonprofits or NGOs, as we call them, outside of the United States and other parts of the world, non-governmental organizations, and also businesses that are uh, considered social enterprises. We offer support in uh, six different ways. The first one is in raising resources through resource mobilization, identification of uh, sources of funding, helping them to submit bids, and that could be in form of grants or even sometimes fundraising events that we help these organizations to host. And then of course, as they go through the due diligence process, we walk them through the journey to make sure that they are successful. So that's number one. Number two is on project management support. And that is with respect to funding that they have received either through us or through other uh, sources. And we help them to implement these projects to ensure that they are meeting the needs on the ground and helping uh, the communities that they are serving to actually receive the rewards that they need to get out of the projects. Because most often than not, organizations go into community and they implement projects, but they do not really focus on the communities gaining or getting optimal results from the project and it just ends up being some kind of a money-making venture where you're getting funding every year, but nothing is changing. Mm -hmm. So we are pushing for high impact projects when we work with our clients. The third thing is on governance. Now, when we talk about governance, a lot of things come into mind. It's the leadership structure within the organizations. It's also how these organizations rule and guide themselves to ensure that they ensure they actually provide um, the right structure and hierarchy and leadership for their own sustainability. There's a difference between an organization that seemed to be doing great work in the community and an organization that actually is doing great work within the community, but also the people who are working with those within those organizations feeling the impact of good governance. And so we promote good governance within organizations, how the leadership works, how people are treated within the organization, different people groups. So we'll talk about things like diversity, equity, inclusion, accessibility for all those who 
work in the organization so that those who are being served by the organization actually reap the full benefit of it. The fourth thing is on compliance and enterprise risk management. This came out really strongly during COVID because during COVID, many organizations found themselves in a place where they were not prepared for the risk of a global pandemic that was going up to 24 months. And as we know, many nonprofits, many businesses closed down. And so we are helping organizations to put together risk management strategies and also to be compliant, to be able to withstand pandemics and anything that may come their way. The, uh, the fifth thing that we do is on executive coaching masterclasses and now the summit that we'll talk about a little bit later and that's in in in, in, in all geared towards uh, building the capacity of the people they themselves who work within the nonprofit sector or the social enterprise or now as a center for social impact we're working with anybody including government representatives government officials and also funding agencies that are making an impact in the community. So we have weekly masterclasses every Thursday throughout the year, and each month we have a topic. So for example, the month of October is the month of mental health. So we have health and wellness, but we've also brought in issue of financial uh, wellness, but this is not financial wellness for the organization. It's personal financial wellness, because we know that my own personal financial wellness, if I am not well financially as an individual, it could impact how I lead as a leader within the nonprofit sector or government or whichever sphere I lead in. So that's masterclasses. Now, the beauty of it is we offer free masterclasses as well. Once every month, anybody around the world can just go to our website and sign up for our free masterclasses. And the free masterclasses are usually foundational course introducing the four week masterclasses. Those are usually the last Saturday of the month introducing the following month and the masterclass that will follow on. Then when it comes to the summit, I will talk about it shortly. But lastly, before we go, the sixth thing that we do is the NGO Whisperer branding and marketing platforms. We have a podcast show, it's called the NGO Whisperer Show on YouTube channel. And our channel is the NGO Whisperer channel. And we also have the NGO Whisperer magazine, which is a quarterly magazine. Now these two, our platforms are currently undergoing rebranding. As many of you who have known us from the past, we were the NGO Whisperer and now we are now registered here in the United Kingdom. We are based in Manchester in the United Kingdom and we are now the NGO Whisperer Center for Social Impact. And so our branding internally has changed and also our branding platform is now changing and we are going to bring in a whole lot of different things that we'll be doing and so as from quarter four of 2022 going forward we will bring you more on the ngo whisperer show as well as the ngo whisperer center for social impact magazine those are the six ways in which we make an impact 
in the world and we serve the people that we work with who are NGOs, social entrepreneurs, governments, and funding agencies. And we call this the NGO Whisperer Sustainability Model for, um, for organizations. Thank you so much for sharing this. I love it. Uh, these six areas that you're making an impact in, the NGO sustainable models, uh, fundraising, program management, governance, compliance, executive coaching, and branding and marketing. I'm sure that these uh, particular offerings of the NGO Whisper Center for Social Impact is really making an impact not only on uh, NGOs, non-governmental organization, but also on the people who are doing this great work. I love the idea of, ex uh, of the executive coaching and assisting the financial uh, empowerment of individuals because so many times we bring our uh, challenges to work, you know, our health challenges, financial challenges, uh, you know, all the different ways we're challenged as individuals and how can we uh, live up to our purpose and do our best work if we're having these personal challenges. So I really commend you on the work that you are doing that looks at the well-being of the individuals uh, that are working in the organization. So when you talk about um, serving NGOs around the world. Can you tell us some of the projects or impact that you've made and just share some examples of your work? Thank you so much, great question. Uh, we work with nonprofits, NGOs in different countries, they're called different things. Here in the UK, they're called charities. I know in the United States, they're called nonprofits or not-for-profit. In countries like Kenya, where I come from, they are known as NGOs, non-governmental organizations or non-profit organizations. So we work with every organization that is considered non-governmental organization, which are really non-profit in nature. We also work with social enterprises who are profit-making organizations, but actually have a corporate social responsibility arm that gives back to the community. We work with government departments, and these are government departments that promote developmental work or humanitarian work. And developmental work, as you know, is work that speaks to bringing development, whether it's socioeconomic, health, and what have you. And humanitarian work is work that responds to relief. It could be floods, it could be hurricanes, tornadoes, um, earthquakes, and all, all sorts of things. But right now, like you have now in, um, in the United States of America, specifically in Florida area and all that, there's a lot of organizations providing humanitarian work. So we work with all sorts of organizations in the six different ways that I have mentioned using our sustainability model. Um, an example of countries where we work in is in Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa. And we work in countries such as South Africa, for example, many of our clients come there. And why South Africa? I am Kenyan and I lived in South Africa for the most part of my adult life. And my career grew so much, started off in Kenya, but grew up so much in South Africa. And so naturally, um, my clients come from that area. So we have South Africa, we have Eswatini, 
uh, formerly known as Swaziland. Um, it's a small country, it's a kingdom inside South Africa, but it's, it's also a, a sovereign state. Um, there's another country also inside South Africa, for those who know your geography, it's called Lesotho. It's also a kingdom. So these are kingdoms inside South Africa, but they are sovereign states. Uh, we also have clients from countries such as Mozambique. So uh, that is the Sadak, Sadak part of South Africa, Southern Africa Development Community. We have Malawi, we have uh, Namibia, Botswana, and so on and so forth. So that is the Southern part of Africa. In the Eastern and Central part of Africa, we have clients in Kenya, uh, South Sudan, which is one of the newest countries in the world, actually, um, Uganda, Tanzania, um, Rwanda, Burundi, so all those are countries where we serve or have clients who either we serve every day as uh, our VIP clients who we serve through resource mobilization or those who attend our executive coaching. Then we also have West Africa, which is mainly Francophone Africa, meaning French-speaking Africa uh, countries. And then we have also Nigeria, Ghana, and other part of North uh, and Western part of Africa. So that's in Africa. In Europe, we have clients in, um, in here in the UK, um, in, in other parts of Europe, like in Germany, in Spain. And for clients in Spain, there's a correlational relationship that exists between them and Latin America. And so because of that, we also have clients in countries such as the Dominican Republic, Honduras, and Guatemala. So that's how far we spread in Latin America or Southern uh, South America. Then, of course, in the United States, we have so many clients spread across East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, and so on and so forth. The work that we do cut across different fields. Like I said, we contribute to all the sustainable development goals. So remember, like goal one is on uh, no poverty, goal two, no hunger, goal three is on health, education, number four, number five is gender-based violence, and so on and so forth. We contribute to all this. Some of the good examples that I can share with you from different parts of the world, for example, in the um, in Honduras, for example, we work with an organization that's about 25 years old. It's called Tree of Life Ministry Spanish America. They have a Spanish name, <laughs> which I will not attempt to pronounce, but it is the direct translation of Tree of Life Ministry Spanish America. They are an organization of one kind. Uh, I haven't really seen any other organization in, uh, in Honduras that does what they do. Specifically, they have a high school which offers a high school diploma to students who come from underserved communities around the country. But at the same time, when you graduate from any one of their schools, you graduate with an um, vocational skill. It could be vocational skill in tra any trade. And then after that, you are able, while you are still a student there, you're able to earn an income. Why do they do this? Because many young people actually drop out of school and engage in risky uh, businesses or behaviors. It could be um, with drug cartels, as we know, uh, or prostitution many, for many girls, or just getting into any um, unscrupulous businesses to make an income because of poverty. 
And so they are taking these young people from those communities, the very communities that are leading them into gangsterism, uh, drug cartels or prostitution, sex slavery, giving them education and giving them a skill. So they don't have to look for a job after they graduate because jobs are hard to come by. And so many of these young people who graduate set up their own businesses. One good example is a young man who graduated a few years ago and set up his own IT company because of the skills he gained while at Tree of Life Ministry High School. And now guess who is the IT service provider for the entire organization? <laughs> that young person. That, that, that is amazing to hear about uh, you working all over the world on various con continents, as well as hearing about the amazing work of the Tree of Life uh, institution, educational institution. Um, that type of work really, really impacts communities and lives. And I am thrilled to hear about that specific uh, organization and work that you are doing. So let's talk about the summit. Uh, which is coming up uh, December 8th and 9th. Again, it's called the Future of NGOs Summit. Can you give us uh, an idea of why did you decide to do a summit? And uh, what, do you, it, what impact do you expect to make? The summit uh, has been something that I always wanted to do to congregate leaders or people who are contributing to social impact. I know there are so many summits all over the world. However, the future of NGOs is something that came to mind during the pandemic. And I was looking at all these organizations that I work with and work for, and even government departments. And the message that I was getting is, we need to change in the way we do business. It is not business as usual and it will never be business as usual. How we thought, how we think, how we do resource mobilization or project management has to change. And so I started reading a lot and there are so many organizations that have written um, uh, papers, white papers and published them with respect to where are we going as the nonprofit sector? Because funding is dwindling. Governments are cutting out international aid and humanitarian aid. We must remember that during COVID, all the funding that was geared towards things like education and health was really cut down and focused now on really keeping people alive with vaccine boosters and addressing the effects of COVID and even addressing the financial impact of COVID for many companies which needed to be bailed out by governments. And so nonprofits have to think differently because grants that were available then might not be available again. Promises that were made by donors to fund you over five years have now been changed. And so that made me to think, what is the future of NGOs? And that's how the name came about the future of NGOs? It's a question really. <laughs> well, uh, that, and, and that sounds like something uh, NGOs need all over the world, right? Because the pandemic just, as you stated, it just really changed uh, the way uh, nonprofits operate. So the topics uh, are 
very important in terms of attracting people to the summit and getting people to understand why they should attend the summit. So can you uh, tell us a little bit about the topics that you're offering uh, at the Future of NGO Summit? Absolutely. There are eight of them, eight topics. And these are eight topics that we carefully thought about based on questions that nonprofit organizations, government departments, and funding agencies have been asking us. So there's the question of what is the future of nonprofit sector, of the NGO sector, with respect to number one, leadership and organizational governance. The second one is on resource mobilization, but specifically looking at sustainable financing and social investment models that we need to embrace. The third one is on agile project management. It's not just project management as it were, but adopting agile approaches, even as we implement projects within the nonprofit sector. The fourth one is on change management. Now, everybody has changed and we are all changing and there's nothing that remains constant or has remained constant. However, we need to embrace change management principles to be able to do this. But many nonprofits don't know how to go about it. The fifth one is on innovation and artificial intelligence. It's time the nonprofit sector embrace this fully and not leave it for for-profit or corporate organizations. The sixth one is on monitoring, evaluation, research, and learning. If we cannot gauge our our progress and measure the changes that we are making, then we won't be able to learn from each other. And so that's the sixth one. The seventh one is on partnership and engagement for sustainability. We have seen this over and over again that I cannot do it by myself. And that's why I collaborate with people like you, Dr. Easton. And so Nonprofits need to embrace this more and more and not look at others as competitors, but really as collaborators. Mm -hmm. And lastly, it's something that you and I are very passionate about, and that is diversity, equity, inclusion, and accessibility. So those are the eight tracks that we have. We've invited people to submit abstracts. The deadline for submitting abstracts, this is the second call. It's on 31st of October this year 2022 and then once we have done that of course we are going to have featured speakers but we are also going to have nonprofits, government departments and uh, funding agencies who want to share their lessons learned their struggles it's not just about good practice it's also challenges it's also mistakes that they have made and that's why we are asking them to submit abstracts and share this with us. And that's all on our website, ngowhisperer.com forward slash summit. I love it. So all of you uh, who are listeners who are really interested in um, advancing NGOs and really re-strategizing about the future of NGOs, I encourage you to attend this uh, summit, the Future of NGO Summit on December 8th and 9th, 2022. And for those of you who are experts in these various topics uh, that uh, Dr. Opende uh, has introduced, 
please consider uh, submitting your abstract uh, because uh, no one has a mo monopoly on knowledge. Everybody can contribute to the learning process as, she, as Dr. Opende has stated uh, in that uh, we can learn from each other's mistakes. We don't have to go through the same uh, challenges as others have gone through if we share our mistakes and lessons learned and also share our successes. So I'm sure this uh, summit uh, promises to be uh, impactful for your organizations uh, and institutions as well as to the in, uh, individuals. Um, Dr. Opende, I um, I'm really happy that I am connected to you, and it's great to see that you're making such an uh, such an impact on communities and individuals all around the world. Thank you so much. I am honored. One more thing that I wanted to say about the summit is that uh, because we are aware that people come from different parts of the world with different economic capacities. Uh, we have a three-tier ticket sale. So we have ticket for those uh, tickets for those who come from low-income countries, something they can afford, uh, tickets for those who come from middle-income countries and also high-income countries. So regardless of where you come from, you will get value for the money, but also we want to ensure that it is accessible to all. And accessibility is all about planning in advance. And I'm so happy to hear that you're making this uh, summit uh, accessible to all uh, people, no matter where they live in the world. Again, that's ngowhisper.com forward slash summit uh, for those of you who uh, want to move forward with registering for the event or presenting at the event. So Dr. Opende, uh, as you know, I always like to hear strategies uh, for college success. Uh, so could you tell us what school or schools you attended, your major or majors, your degrees, and tell us what strategy would you give uh, student, college students to ensure that they're successful? I hold a bachelor's in mathematics and chemistry from the University of Nairobi in Kenya. Um, and then I hold a master's of science in project management from the University of Salford in Manchester, United Kingdom. And I also have uh, or was honored with an honorary doctorate um, from United Graduates College in the United uh, in the United States. So those are the degrees that I hold, three of them. My strategy for anyone who is studying specifically, I want to focus on women and girls of color um, and those who come from low income communities or countries like I come from. I can only speak from experiences that I have. Number one, you are worth it and you can go as far as you could want to go. You are the only one who can set limits to what you can be. You are imp your impact in the world is not dependent on where you come from. I come from Kenya, went to a primary school which is not well known 
And here I am working with people around the world. I am not there yet, we are still striving. And so my one thing that I want to leave you with is whatever you do, be excellent in it because excellence has no gender. Excellence has no limits. You are excellent. If you are excellent in anything you do, there will always be a seat at the table for you. I love it, uh, Dr. Opende. To women and girls know that you are worthy. You can succeed. You are smart. And most of all, embrace embrace, embrace excellence. That is the best thing to do to ensure your success. Thank you so much, Dr. Opende. It was wonderful having you. Thank you so much. I am so honored to be here today. A special thank you to the incredible team of the Empowerment Zone. Terry Gully, theme song. Nadworks, digital support, and of course, our featured guest, 